All right. Well, it's Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us as we continue our journey through Scripture. Uh, We are finishing up Joshua today. Uh, So wherever you have stopped reading in Joshua, go ahead and read to the end of chapter 24. Uh, We're specifically going to be going over chapters 16 through 24 today. Uh, Remember uh, on Tuesday, kind of talked about there's a a lot of lists here of uh, kind of the geography and uh, of the towns that each tribe um, is going to be in charge of. Uh, so there, there could be some skimming that goes on. That's okay. But there's also some really good stuff uh, that, we, that are very important and very relevant uh, for us today. So chapter 16 uh, begins, and, and they are uh, dealing with uh, the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh. Um, again, Manasseh was kind of on the east and western side of the Jordan River. Um, it uh, couple of times there in verse 10, it says, and they did not drive out the Canaanites. Uh, that's going to cause, cause problems. Uh, we continue to, to go on. Uh, verse 12 of chapter 17 says, yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites were determined to dwell in the land. And it happened when the children of Israel grew strong that they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not utterly drive them out. Um, so they, they kept them there. Um, we continue, I thought, uh, the last part of chapter 17, um, starting there in verse 14, the uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, which those were the children of Joseph. Jo- those were Joseph's sons um, that made up uh, the 12 tribes of Israel, but those were both Joseph's sons. And uh, said uh, they, they wanted some more, more land. And uh, the Joshua said, sure, that's no problem. There, there it is. And they said, oh, but that's really wooded. And there's Canaanites there that have chariots. And so they were complaining. And uh, Joshua answered, he says, if you are a great people, then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and the giants, since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. But the children of Joseph said, the mountain country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. Um, And then Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph saying, you are a great people and have great power. You shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and its farthest extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. I I love this. Joshua is basically saying, suck it up and go do it. We're not just going to, life isn't just handed to you. You actually have to put some effort into this. To it, uh, I, I really like how he does it, and and he gave him a chance at first, right? The first way he approached it, he says, "Hey, if you are a great people, then you can handle this." Trying to kind of motivate them that way, and they were still like, "No, we, it, it's really hard to cut down trees. Uh, we, we, we just can't do that." And then Joshua says, "No, you are a great people. God will be with you in this, but you still have to do it." I think there's a a good lesson there, right? That yes, God does promise that he will be with us. Uh, He promises to help us overcome challenges, but we have to engage the challenge. We actually have to do it. We can't just sit there and expect everything to come uh, easily. Uh, We we have to put some effort into it, if you will. And that's what Joshua was telling uh, Ephraim and Manasseh at that time. Uh, Chapter 18 basically starts getting into uh, 
the geography and how everything is going to be uh, divided up. So you have the land of, of Benjamin, Benjamin, Judah, Zebulun, Issachar, Asher, Naphtali, the land of Dan. Uh, it talks about Joshua's uh, in, inheritance. Um, and then in chapter 20, we get to the cities of refuge. Um, if you remember, we've talked about these before, of how important it was to have these cities of refuge where people who uh, had unintentionally murdered someone, or not murdered, but had killed someone unintentionally. Um, the The way that things usually worked in that culture was that if someone you know, whether it was unintentionally or intentionally, uh, killed someone from your family, usually a member from that family would then uh, respond by killing uh, someone from the, the offending family. And and so one of the things that uh, the Bible is very clear about is that there are unintentional uh, killings and that you should not be held accountable for that. Um and so these cities were made to where you could go to those cities and then you could uh, find uh, refuge there where you were to be safe, uh, but that then you could actually go through a legal process to clear your name. Uh, and if you were found to be the one who was lying, um, then you, you would have to face uh, the punishment. But these cities were very important as cities of refuge. Um, and it's important to kind of know these names. And if you look on a map, um, which we were, we were actually talking that that is really the only way to make this kind of interesting is you could get a, a map from this era and kind of see where all these cities are um, that would kind of give you a picture of what's going on uh, in the in the land there. Uh, but these uh, cities of refuge, there's four of them. Three of there's one in the north, one kind of central, one south, and then there's one east of Jordan. So these cities' names are Kadesh in Galilee, um, in the mountains of Naphtali, Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim. So remember Shechem, we're going to see that name here pretty pretty soon. And uh, Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron in the mountains of Judah. Remember Hebron, that was Caleb. Uh, that was the, the city that he inherited. And then uh, uh, east of uh, the Jordan, uh, East of Jericho, they assigned Bazer, uh, which was in the wilderness of the the uh, that area for the tribes uh, on the eastern side of Jordan. So those those four cities were designated as cities of refuge. Which again, that goes back that they are following uh, what God had commanded them to do of establishing these cities of refuge. Um, Twenty. Uh, Chapter 21 talks about the cities of the Levites, of which cities they get to be in. I remember the Levites didn't actually inherit land. They were the priestly tribe, um, and they would be supported not by the land, but by the, the sacrifices and the offerings that the people brought, uh, that they would receive a, a percentage of that. That is how uh, they, their welfare would be taken care of. And so it talks about uh, this, the different cities uh, that the, the priest and the children of Aaron uh, get 13 cities and the, the lands around there uh, that, that they are kind of able to dwell in. And then at the end of chapter 21, this is a pretty big, uh, important uh, section, uh, verse 43 
says, So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers, and not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. So that's a, a pretty a pretty big moment. This is the the end of the conquest of the promised land. And all of these things that God has been promising, uh, from Abraham to Isaac, uh, to Jacob, to Joseph, to Moses, to the people through Joshua, now it has all come to fruition. God has kept his promise that he was a good God. He, he kept the promises that he had made. Um, and the, the people uh, were aware of that. And, and Joshua certainly celebrates that. Chapter 22, um, the, the tribes return to their lands now officially, the, especially the, the ones uh, to the east of the Jordan River, but all of the tribes began to, to go back uh, to their lands that they, uh, that they are now uh, inheriting. Um, it says, uh, Joshua called the Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh. Those are the ones going to the eastern side. He said, you have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, commanded you and have obeyed my voice and all that I commanded you. You have not left your brethren these many days up to this day. That should be many years, right? Again, remember the time frame here. This didn't happen just over overnight. Um, but have kept charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brethren. So, so they are able to go back. And he says, but, in verse 5, but take careful heed to do the commandment and the law, uh, but take careful heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. That, again, the Shema uh, there in Deuteronomy that we talked about, of how important that is, uh, the intentionality there. Uh, this gets repeated over and over. It is a choice that you have to make, that you have to choose to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. If you are not choosing to do that, then you are going to start giving some of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength to other things. You have to choose to give those to God. Um, we have a kind of an interesting uh, incident, uh, which again just shows the the humanness and the reality of, of this. The uh, the tribe of Reuben and and Gad and Manasseh they're going across back across you know the Jordan River. They build a, a an altar there, and some of the existing tribe members that are going to be on the west side uh, they get a little upset. They they're thinking that they are making this. Uh, altar to the gods of of the land that they are going to, and and so there's a a dispute uh, that breaks out, and then the the children of Reuben and Gad and uh, Manasseh uh, answered the uh, people from Israel, the the other tribes on the west side says the Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, He knows, and let Israel itself know. If it is in rebellion or if any treachery against the Lord, do not save us this day. If we have built ourselves an altar to, to turn from following the Lord, or if to offer it to burn offerings or grain offerings or to offer peace offerings, let the Lord himself require an account. So they're, they're saying, no, we were doing this as a recognition uh, that we are following God. It was basically a misunderstanding. 
Uh, but it got very tense <laughs> there, which shows how important uh, this was at the at this time for them. Uh, and uh, it says, uh, verse 31, says, This day we perceive that the Lord is among us because you have not committed this treachery against the Lord. Now you have delivered the children of, of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. And uh, verse 34, The children of Reuben and the children of Gad called the altar witness. For it is a witness between us that the Lord is God. Uh, so again, ha- how important it is that they that they are choosing to make uh, make the Lord be their one and only God. And now we'll see how things change. Unfortunately, but they're they're trying. They're 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 starting off right. So chapter 23, uh, Joshua's farewell address, um, verse 2, he says, he starts off, I am old and advanced in age. Um, That's not a speech anyone is looking forward to giving. Um, I'm old and advanced in age. says, you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to, to all these nations because of you, for the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. Right? Again, Joshua is all about uh, reminding the people that it is God who has fought for them, um, that it, this is not of their own doing. Uh, yes, they had to participate. They had to trust God. They had to go out and do what God asked them to do, but this was ultimately God's victory. Um, in verse 6, it says, Therefore, be very courageous. If you remember the first chapter of Joshua, be strong and courageous. I tell you to be strong and very courageous. Now he's closing this time, five years, six years later. He says, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law and Moses. Now, isn't that interesting? They had to be strong and courageous to take the land. Well, that makes sense to us, right? If you're going into battle, hand-to-hand combat, you have to be strong and courageous. Now, Joshua is saying you have to take that same courage, that same strength to keep the commandments that the book of Moses has given you. And that is so true. It takes courage to actually live out your faith. And, and sometimes we get, it's so easy to get complacent with that. You know, when, they're, when we're in the midst of the battle, um, it's it's easy to see how we need courage and to to find that courage. But when things are kind of going well, it's it's easy to kind of just start gliding through. But no, it takes courage and strength to continue to be faithful to God even when things are going well. Um, and that that is something that certainly uh, impacts us today. Uh, that that we need to recognize. No, we need to have the courage to actually live out our faith. Uh, even when that makes it more difficult. And uh, Joshua continues, it says, You shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them or bow down to them, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as as you have done uh, to this day. For the Lord has driven out uh, from before them a great and strong nations. But as uh, for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. Uh, one man of you shall uh, chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you, as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God, or else if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you, 
and make marriages with them and go into them and they into you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no, no longer drive out these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on the sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your hearts and in your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you, not one word of them has failed. Therefore it shall come to pass that all good things have come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you. Um, it, this is just, to me, just really powerful of reminding of all the good things that God has done. but being very uh, very prophetic that if you start letting the influences of the the tribes who were doing evil if you start allowing that to become part of who you are it is going to push you towards them and away from god and uh, and that uh, brings us all the way to the end of chapter 24 uh, chapter uh, verse 14 uh, and this is a, a great sum, uh, summation of this. It says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This actually is, it shows how slippery this slope can be of how we can so easily start to adopt uh, the, uh, the beliefs of the culture around us uh, at the expense of living our life according to the way that God has has called us to. And we have to choose who are we going to serve, even when it seems that it is evil to do it. And and we do see that today. We some some kind of basic biblical foundational beliefs are not seen to be good in the world today. And and it is important for us, even when we're in that setting of choosing who we are going to serve. Who are we going to serve even when the culture around us uh, is going after other gods? Um, Joshua knew that that was going to be a challenge for the people then. It's a challenge for us today. But I encourage you this day, choose who you will serve. All right. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. And read the first five chapters of Judges. We'll see you on Tuesday.